Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vecini. We're presented by CLNS Media. Today on the show, Dieter Kurtenbach is here. He's sitting in the Delta Terminal at LAX right now. <laughs> Please uh, let me die. Yes, he's loving life, obviously, as one does whenever you have to sit in the Delta Terminal at LAX. Uh, as a Delta man myself, I am uh, well, well versed in that circle of hell. I have no idea how you do it. I'm a Southwest man personally, but obviously Toronto, uh, not exactly Southwest flights heading to Toronto. So, uh, yeah, it's been okay. Uh, If we have to do uh, game seven of this, I I might crack. Uh, But (laughs) looking at the way that this has all gone down, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. So I told Laura last night that before game four happened, which Toronto won 105 to 92, uh, we'll start there. I think that the Warriors lose game four, go down 3-1, have all the memes, all the jokes, make a comeback. Kevin Durant returns for game five, and they win. Just just game five? Oh, no, the whole series. Oh. This is where um, I'm at. I'd be legitimately shocked if that happened, and I don't think that's an overreactionary thing. Uh, I'm just looking at what Toronto has done to the Warriors, and the, the Warriors look broken. Um they, they just don't have the dudes to keep up with Toronto, and Toronto is so ruthless and efficient in its execution on both ends of the court. I, I just don't I just don't see Toronto dropping three straight games, especially with a Kevin Durant who, one, I don't think he comes back for Game Five, and if he so, does, yeah, that's that's the big question. He's going to be hobbled. He's going to be hobbled as hell. Uh, apparently, he can't get up and down the court. Yeah, so. I've been on that train the whole time. Like, the last time we podcasted, I said, like, people around the NBA have been telling me this is a seven-week injury, what Kevin has. And we're on, what, five weeks now? Something like that? Yeah, it's coming up on a month. Um, So, so, like, this is where we're at with Kevin now. Like, I, I don't think that it is a statement on how happy he is with the Warriors. I don't think it's a statement on his toughness. I don't think Mm -hmm. it's a statement on any of this. It's just that I've been saying since before the series started, this is a longer term injury than what people like kind of have reported. And we should not expect as much out of Kevin as what people thought. Now, you know, I kind of made the statement to Laura last night while we were sitting at a bar, underrated Electric Owl, the bar that we went to last time that you were in That's a pretty good bar, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great bar. Um, Just thinking, like, hey, this would be fun for the, like, narrative and the storylines and everything. yeah. But, and I think if Kevin does return, then this series is totally different, and I do think the Warriors can win three in a row. But Mm -hmm. I... I genuinely do believe that, like, Kevin's injury is the biggest storyline in this series. And I think that there has, I think Kevin is falling victim to something of unfair expectations now. Yes. Where people set this bar of him coming back for, you know, he'll miss one and two, but he'll be back when it gets to Oakland or he'll be back for game four. And like I've been saying the whole time, like, this is, this is a longer term injury than that, from what I understand. The Warriors really screwed up on this by not just coming out and saying what the injury, what the grade of the injury really was. They called it a mild strain, and so everyone's expectation was, oh, that means grade one, which means, you know, two to four weeks. And uh, and then the Warriors went out, and, and they, they conf- continued to kind of obfuscate the, the situation, and there was, you know, this optimism behind the scenes that he would come back for game one. And then, well, he didn't come back for one, so of course it's two. 
two, and then he doesn't come back for two, so of course it's three, and it's just perpetuated deeper and deeper. Everything is expectations versus reality, and the fact of the matter is the Warriors got everybody's, and I, I think it's the Warriors' fault here, they got everybody's expectations up pretty much as soon as the injury happened. And uh, they they undersold it from day one. It is a finicky injury. Uh, a calf is not something that you can just sort of go out and pull, you know, like Clay Thompson, he played through hamstring injury. It, it's a little bit different, uh, and and it's something that's a little bit more dangerous when you think about the Achilles being right there and then overcompensating and, and all that stuff. So, I think the Warriors really kind of screwed Kevin over on this because now what we're having is this ridiculous uh debate that that is obvious not not you and i but other people are having this ridiculous debate on like oh does he have enough heart or is he tough enough and it's like dude like no one no one should be having that conversation if the dude's injured he's injured and uh to to allege loosely that he somehow isn't willing to go out and play or or He's trying to prove a point of something. It's just so it's just so ridiculous and, and not rooted in fact and not rooted in any knowledge of the situation. But the problem is the Warriors haven't let out enough knowledge on the situation and have led people to believe that it's it's you know that he he's imminent and he's in this constant state of being imminent. And eventually, you just start to skew that narrative to to fit different you know ideals. Right, and maybe maybe that's a hope thing, right? Like maybe it's. Yeah, maybe they're trying to talk and, it into existence. Yeah. Right. You know, just speak it into existence, but that's not, baby. But that's not something you should be doing with injuries. I mean, that, that's 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 beyond the pale. And uh, what it does is it screws over the injured player because what it does is it puts them in a gray area that they have to clean up. Now, I'll say this. Um, I'm not sure what the right answer for Kevin is in regards, but he could at, at any time speak if he wanted to um, and maybe clear some of this up. But what he would eventually be doing there is is sort of – contradicting at least the um the loose sayings of the warriors organization over the last four four weeks and that's not a good look for anybody so this whole thing is is quite a mess there's that and the idea that just generally if kevin speaks all of the free agency stuff is going to come up and that's not good for anyone right like this is the nba finals there's a lot of media there that is national that is Mm -hmm not necessarily as ingrained in this story as you don't say. like uh as like the Golden State Warriors beat writers are as you are right. as a columnist as um even like the very well uh educated national writers that are going to be in Oakland and be in Toronto for this series it's just a kind of a different deal media wise so i, I don't think Kevin should put himself no no no, up for no, no that no. like it, it's not good for him or the team i don't think He's in a no-win situation, is the way I look at it, and um, yeah, it's just kind of it's kind of shitty. Like me and Kevin don't get along or anything. I'm not trying to get, I'm not going out and you know standing for him or defending him. Just I I, I don't understand um, why people immediately attribute malice to this situation because things didn't work out as they thought they would work out. Like that's just that's just completely unfair. Um, and if people don't think that Kevin Durant is chomping at the bit to be on the floor whether they're down 3-1 or 3-0 or whatever, um, they, they just they just don't get him. I mean, listen, no one really gets Kevin Durant, but like they just don't understand this guy. That, that's all he cares about, and he's trying. Um, and the notion that he's sort of sandbagging it or, again, trying to prove a point, it, it's just so beyond the pale. Any point that needed to be made is is, um, is is being made currently by the fact that the Warriors are down 3-1, and it looks every minute like they miss him more and more. 
So another thing that, you know, we don't have to talk about the injury in, anymore, but like I will say that uh, I've been saying since, you know, game one, even that this is a series where uh, the Warriors miss Kevin Durant at a marginally greater level than they would uh, with a similarly talented team to the Raptors, right? Oh, Just sure. because of the matchup problems that the Raptors can create for Golden State. And I think that what Kevin's injury is doing in terms of... Uh, just the defensive mindset of the team is staggering. I mean, this is a team where, you know, I've been saying all playoffs and you've been saying for a while this season, even that their defense is kind of a mess. Like there's just not really a way around that. And I think that the defense is a considerably bigger issue than the offense right now. Like, I I don't even think it's debatable. Like we, you know, they scored what, what did the Raptors score? 17 in the first quarter. And then they go yeah. on and drop 85 in the last three or yeah. 87, I guess. 80, they, I don't know what the math is. But, cut. yeah, like it's they, – they got whatever they wanted uh, in the second half. It was ridiculous. It was laughable. It was laughable. It was a laughable defensive performance. And it's one of those things where, frankly, outside of uh, a seven- to eight-minute span, it seemed – the Warriors have played garbage defense this entire series, and you can argue that they've played garbage defense all year. And um, I, I think that maybe we, we – I'm going to do a, a bit of a mea culpa here. Like, we saw that, you know, that series against Portland. Portland is not a, a worthy adversary, and the Warriors played like 10 good minutes in that series on defense and swept. Um, we saw what happened with, with Houston. Uh, my, my stance on Houston is, is well established, but uh, the Warriors only had to play one – uh, you know, four quarters, maybe four or five quarters of, of really good defense in order to win that series, uh, because the the you know the Rockets Paul pierced their pants when when the moment came up for them to do something. Um, oh, we're we're gonna have a long conversation about <laughs> Mr. Pierce coming up here because like, I got like thoughts. Those, the, the Rockets aren't worthy adversaries either. Like maybe we should have heeded more from the fact that the Clippers took two games off of a full strength Warriors in the first round. And that the Warriors struggled to play good defense in that series, and maybe we should have heeded more the fact that even though the Warriors played half speed for all the regular season, that like they played garbage defense most of the regular season, and they turned it on for a game, but never like two or three in a row. Um, this is this is how dynasties die. It's not necessarily the offense; it's that they no longer want to do the dirty work and the tough stuff on defense and uh they get tired and that's the first thing that goes when you get tired is your defense as james harden can attest so um yeah kevin kevin not being there hurts them in a lot of schematic ways uh they they don't want to go with draymond at the five uh because they don't trust that they'll have the wing depth to back him up uh they you know they just don't have another excellent help side defender they don't have that rim protection so now they're trying to play more bigs it's messed them up in this series in particular but it would have messed them up again Milwaukee too um maybe the off I, I do think the offensive um the, the lack well, of Durant on offense looms larger but ultimately I, I think that the Warriors a big problem good defense all year they kept basically saying oh we'll turn it on when we need to and in that moment I mean look, what, what if game four isn't that moment that they need to uh I, I don't know what is and that was their worst defensive performance of the season in my opinion Oh, I thought game three was way worse defensively. Game, um, game three, game three was pretty abysmal. But there was some stuff that they did in game four that was just like rudimentary that they couldn't even pull off. And it's like, how am I supposed to expect you to play elite defense when you can't even play base level defense? You look like a bottom bottom five team in the NBA 
defensively right now. I mean, there was that play. Uh, Danny Green makes that three. Okay, yes, you're trapping Kawhi a lot, and that's understandable. That makes sense. That's good logic in many, many regards. Steph coming over from the wing and leaving Danny Green wide open for three, but not getting there even remotely fast enough in order to stop the pass. Like what? what that that's just basic stuff that that you should be doing in you know Oklahoma City in November, much less against the Toronto Raptors when you're down two one in Game Four of the NBA Finals. Well, it was, well, it was let's, laughable. Let's talk about that too, though, because. This was the slowest-paced game that the, that the uh, Warriors have played since Game 3 against Houston, which is the game right. where, like, oh, everyone's like, Houston has a chance, Houston has a chance. Um, that ended up not happening. The Warriors, you know, lost Game 4 in that series and wheeled off six wins in a row. Um, right. In eight of their last 13 games, so going back to Houston Game 2, they have allowed a defensive rating of 112 or higher. I mean, that's just terrible. Like, that's which not is, close to good. Yeah, a significant problem that is, like, among the worst defensive levels in the league, bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a big problem with what the Warriors are struggling with right now is that their defense, in large part, is based upon slowing down stars while also kind of getting the shots that they want to be taken by taking yes. advantage of situations that they feel advantageous toward for them by leaving guys open essentially it's not right? sort of that is 100 that is 100 percent it's i call it the head of the snake defense you cut off the head of the snake and you leave a couple of guys open and you hope that you can rotate fast enough but if you don't you feel comfortable with the percentages right and frankly on this raptors team with you know maybe pascal siakam scared him off in game one but like they want to leave pascal siakam open above the break they want to leave kyle lowry open they want to leave danny green open sometimes and uh in just but think, think game, about that though for a second though them. yeah like think, yeah, think about who you're leaving open for a second though you're leaving danny green open who oh. is let's say he's a 37 percent three-point shooter in terms of true talent which is you know if, if you're leaving yeah. him open i think he might be a little well, bit higher than that hell, like, danny, danny danny green almost won an nba finals mvp on the basis of three-point shooting like i understand right, like a danny while can, ago, and i understand his legs are shot but like Dude's Danny can shoot it though. Uh, Kyle Lowry, you're content. You're potentially leaving open an All NBA point guard. Like yes. it, he's not that anymore necessarily, and his playoff performances leave something to be desired. But you're still leaving that guy open. But, uh, but if it's Pas- Pascal, Pascal Siakam, Pascal's one of the worst above the break three point shooters in the NBA. But with Lowry and Pascal, they could also just put the ball on the floor and make something right. happen. And the problem something- with Pascal is too that you cannot let Pascal Siakam get ahead of steam because exactly. then he will score. Like he, he is full one Giannis of the on you. best advantage scorers in the NBA. So yeah. it's not a, it's not a good strategy. And then like I, sometimes I, I they're leaving Mark is. open. Like Mark Gasol at will knock it, down it, threes. He'll knock them down, but at least he hesitates a little bit, which maybe gives the Warriors a little bit of a chance. But when they're not rotating it does, that's at true. all, when they're not rotating at all, much less late, um, it doesn't matter. And, uh, and and Nick Nurse is so good. Like I, I, we're going to give Nick Nurse a lot of credit for for how he's coached in this series, and, I, and he deserves every bit of it and more. But like, frankly, it's really rudimentary stuff that they're doing. Like, hey, you know, they're leaving Mark wide open. Like, why don't we use that to our advantage by adding this one wrinkle? And it's like, oh, well, that seems oh, pretty like, simple. And well, let's let's be honest. Like, it felt like to me, Game Four was the first game that they really sat down and decided we're going to try and take advantage of Boogie and pick and roll. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like. 
Yeah. They won two of the first three games by not even really taking advantage of what right now seems like the biggest schematic disadvantage defensively for the Warriors right now in the series. Because if Boogie looks like he did in game four, I mean, like, I love DeMarcus. DeMarcus is one of my favorite players in the NBA. And it's hard to watch him out there right now. Like, he's not... He doesn't have the mobility to play at this level right now. And like no. I hope he gets and he it back. Probably never he probably never is gonna get it back, if I'm being honest. But like certainly I mean, he's not gonna maybe. have it now coming back from that injury. I, I have hope that he will, just because I want to see Demarcus play at his peak on a level like this at some point in his career. But yeah. I I don't know if it will, to be honest. But, let's, but let's like add in even the, separate the, it, he can't do it right now. That's the biggest and, problem. Like he, he is just incapable event, of it right now. And on the, I mean, he was terrible. I mean, it was it was one of the most abysmal performances I've ever seen in an NBA Finals game in Game Three, and he was just as bad in Game Four. And, and I think Game killer. Four was worse, to be honest. Oh, jeez. Okay. I mean, I haven't watched the tape back enough to, to come to that conclusion. I, I mean, but, like uh, he, he just he did a lot more in Game Four. It felt like that's true. He he was more. I mean, they, this is this is where the Warriors are at. They're leaning on Demar an injured Demarcus Cousins to help them get over the hump. Uh, injured DeMarcus Cousins, who, by the way, seemed completely... He, he, it's clear that the lessons of whatever you know tutelage the Warriors have tried to provide this year to Cousins have not stuck because the main principle of the Warriors' offense, and I thought Cousins was horrific on offense just as bad as he was on defense, uh, that's saying something. The main, the, main, the main tenet of the Warriors' offense is when you get rid of the ball, you set a pick. And I saw so many times in like the 15 minutes Cousins played, Cousins get rid of the ball and then immediately start calling for it back even though his man was still on him. Just like refusing to play inside the system and instead kind of looking for the new contract. And um, he, it See, was I, so I don't, I don't think he's looking for a new contract. I think he's just like not real sure um, what to do now because he thought that he had to take on more of a creation load these last couple yeah, of games, it, it, especially just, after yeah. the confidence boost that was game two. Um, right. And I, I think that's, no, that's been the that's issue. Fair. That's the positive way to look at it. Uh, I had I did not hear the same things. Let's leave it, let's leave it at that um, coming out of it. And uh, there was a lividness, if you will, regarding some of the little stuff. And you saw when Looney and Bogut, who are obviously significantly more limited offensive players, to, to say the least, than, than DeMarcus Cousins, even in DeMarcus's current stage, when they came in and they did those little things that helped the Warriors' offense move, uh, the, the Warriors' offense was better. But it, yeah, they, and Kavon they was great have... last night. That dude was a warrior playing with Unbelievable. a broken collarbone. He had 10 points. Like He, he was have... awesome. Say that again. I think he might have a bigger contract than Demarcus Cousins next year. Yeah, I'll be really interested. It like wouldn't totally shock me if that ended up being the case. I, I think Kavon is, you know, deservedly going to get paid by someone. I mean, the Warriors have his full be bird the rights. They'll be the Warriors. Yeah, so they they're going to pay. Yeah, they should. I think he's really good. Uh, he's really useful yeah. and but uh, he's good defensively, and he's that, a warrior right? again. Like that's the biggest thing. Yeah. That dude is a warrior. But there, there's a lesson in that to where you know he comes up in this warrior system and they train him to be this sort of specialty player, and he you know adds and expands. And sort of the contrast to that is you bring in cousins who didn't have the reputation for being a team first guy. Um, he's been fine no one no one has that much bad stuff to say about him but i mean at the beginning of the playoffs they were super concerned 
because he wasn't buying into like the dribble handoff that they knew they had to go to come playoff time. He wanted to get up three pointers, and it's like they're going to leave you open as they did if the Clippers did in game one, they're going to leave you wide open because you're not a good enough three-point shooter. Your legs are not under you. And like, apparently it was a full-blown argument over like, no, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot these threes. They're going to go in. And it's like the two, like the numbers don't back it up. Like my eyes don't back it up. And when he went down with injury, like legitimately there was a sigh of relief uh, regarding, cause it was just, it, they were banging their heads against the wall after one game. And now they have to trust that guy. To, to provide major positive impact well, in the NBA from what finals. I understand that shows too, where they're it's, at. it's not like a personal thing with Demarcus at all. Like from what no, I understand, no, no. everyone like no, no, loves no. him. I don't know if they love him, but they certain they certainly don't have anything negative to say about him as a person. But right, that's game, what I mean. His, like as a, as a person, like they're all big fans of his as a person. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's been he's been a good team. I mean, he's been a good team. Everything off the floor has been absolutely a okay, if not good. Um, on the floor, it, it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked at all. It hasn't worked for him, and uh, it, it certainly hasn't worked for the Warriors. And the fact that we're in a moment now where this guy—and listen, I, I hate piling on a dude who is playing through injury, and, and that's painfully obvious when you watch him play—and um, he's gutting it out. But for the Warriors to be in a situation again where they need to rely on Demarcus Cousins in the NBA Finals shows you their lack of depth, and it shows you um, just the kind of predicament that they are in. Well, overall. let's let's be clear about this too. I mean, the Warriors are in a circumstance where a lot of their guys are gotten through injury. Like Andre oh, yeah. Iguodala is hurt. I think. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. 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 No, that calf injury is screwed. Now he doesn't trust his shot because his legs aren't under him. And right. He blames Kevin for that, by the way. Uh, not 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 in like a Kevin like when Kevin's injury happened, Andre Iguodala went into the starting lineup, and that was more stress than his he thinks that his body could handle because he was playing more minutes than he usually was, and something went, and he he's made like I don't know well, how many, I don't know how many shots he made in game two, but that's just about it for the last nine games ever since DeMar- like game so six. Demarcus is hurt, obviously, as we've talked about. Of course, about. yeah. Clay Thompson is hurt. Like Clay Thompson dropping twenty eight points last night on Unreal. a pulled hamstring is yeah. That is an unbelievable performance. But like he, that is but he's, that is something that will stick with me for a long time. That dude got oh, me yeah. out like that. And he'll and he'll get his money and as he was always going to, but it's just more of an you know, more of an argument. Um but he can't do the thing that the Warriors really need him to do, which is guard Kawhi Leonard uh on ball and guard him one-on-one and let Andre and Draymond play as help side defenders, sort of free safeties behind him. That was the only time that the Warriors got their defense going. It was that 18-0 run in the third quarter, and they started doing it in the second quarter of game two. And um, that's when they put Clay on the ball, and they let Andre and Draymond play behind with Looney just sort of controlling the rim, or even Bogut controlling the rim, and then uh, Cousins in in the third quarter. and that that really worked because Clay will get into you. He's obviously an All NBA defender. Um, that 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 played and allowed the Warriors to switch a little bit more. And um, ever, ever when he went down, what happened? Toronto got back into it. And then Game Three, uh, he wasn't around, and it was just painfully obvious that he wasn't around. And in Game Four, they could only give him about a third to maybe you know two fifths of the the run on on Kawhi one on one, and that meant Andre with his with his injury was on him, and it was just. We, we saw what Kawhi did. Kawhi is playing injured too, but he's able to stay on balance and, and knock down these, you know, simple death shots because whoever's guarding them is, is just as banged up, if not more. So, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, uh, in the 24 possessions, according to the second spectrum that clay guarded Kawhi, Kawhi only yeah. had six points. 
Yeah, but the team, I think it was, what was the, uh, how many how many points did the team have? Team had 27, which is better than what the yeah. like, Warriors gave up. For I the think most Andre part. had so like, like a 107 defensive rating against him. Like, yeah, I mean, listen, the, the, the clay, that, that's the answer. But, I mean, and, and the other thing, too, is the Warriors have switched everything for five years, except for in this series, because of the matchups. And it's right. like... Well, well, by the way, the, the big problem that happened with Kawhi is that Steve put Alfonso McKinney on him for a little while. Yes, ate, ate him alive. In Kawhi, that got Kawhi going in the third quarter. Like, he dropped nine yeah. points in seven possessions. And it was just like it was all nine of their points that they scored in that time, and it yeah. was just like, oh yeah, this this can't work. Which I mean, listen, I'm watching that game and I'm looking at Kawhi running up and down the court, and I'm seeing what he's doing on the defensive end, and I go, I don't know if he's going to make it to the end, not of this game, but of this series, um, because he he's all he's all sorts of banged up, and he was still just gutting it out, and I think he was picking his spots on the offensive end. But I go, man, you stick Clay, you stick Andre on him for an entire game, that that's probably going to work in the Warriors' favor. And as you mentioned, all it took was just a, a couple of minutes uh, to completely blow the game out of the water by putting Alfonso McKinney on him. And it's like, how did you? Th- you don't really have a choice. You, you can't have Andre and Clay on him at all times, especially with their injuries. But like, man. Uh, Again, it just shows the the lack of the Warriors' depth. Um, they're they're really searching for answers. And last night they were using lineups that they used maybe 10, 15 minutes the entire year, and uh, and they just didn't even know what the hell was going on. And and it was painfully obvious on just simple plays. I don't think the Raptors did anything cool or exotic. They just ran simple crap, and it beat bad defense. And oh, a lot that. of it was just high screen and roll. Like they they yeah. ran some like wrinkles within high screen and roll, but like. I mean, nothing Look, special. Man. Yeah, like this This isn't anything the Warriors haven't seen before. No, and and it's just like, so everyone goes, well, you know, the Warriors have done it before. And it's like, yeah, the Warriors did it before with good defense. I mean, that that's the identity of the Warriors. As much as we think about them as the high-flying offense and the team that kind of revolutionized the three-point shot and all that, like they did it because they also played championship defense. And that defense had the ability to change a game in seconds, as we saw in the Western Conference Finals against a team that was overmatched. The team that controls the pace in this series was always going to win it. And and save for a six-minute stretch or so, Toronto's controlled every second of pace in this game. And and there's no reason at all with the way that the Warriors play defense to think that that, that's going to change because that's the only way that the Warriors... You said that last night was the slowest game that the Warriors played. The only way the Warriors get pace is if they get stops. And they don't get stops anymore. And Kawhi is just capable of doing whatever the hell he wants out there uh, against well, this Warriors defense. I'll say this too. I do think that there is something significant to the fact that their offense uh, is just not good enough right now, and their offense ends up leading into the defense in True. regard to like fast break points given up. They've given up uh, a lot of fast break points. I don't know what the number is in this series, but they it's, gave it's up 20 lot, yeah. last night, I think. Um, yeah. I think they actually outscored Toronto in the fast break, but the problem is that... Uh, Toronto's half-court defense is just clamping them. Well, and we like, knew that. And, and listen, like that, that was something that everyone knew coming into the series, especially without Kevin. You're going to have a perimeter defense versus a perimeter offense. And when you have injuries and you have guys who almost just refuse to take jump shots, I mean, the Warriors don't trust their offense right now. That's what, they, Their defense is nowhere to be found, and they don't trust their offense to execute. And you got Steph hunting shots. you got Clay doing off, off-balance jumpers. Uh, Andre Godala refuses to shoot. You, you, Draymond Green is hesitant, and then you usually have a non-factor at the five. It's like, what? What are we doing here? I mean, this is not this is not a, a 
This team looks nothing like a champion. I mean, well, they, they're not shooting. even hinting at it. I mean, the, the big problem 100%. is shooting. They don't have enough floor spacing on the floor uh, whenever Clay is off the floor or even when Clay is on the floor, honestly, because the Raptors, what they can do is they can just end up going to a... They're doing what the, the Warriors want to do. Well, they'll just, like, heavy help on Steph whenever Steph drives, and then yeah. these kicks aren't really there because they'll play strong backside on Clay or they'll play strong right. strong side defense on Clay, and they'll basically force it to one side of the floor. And once you force it to one side of the floor where the shooters are not because these guys are DeMarcus Cousins, Draymond Green, yeah. Andre Iguodala, these shots are wins for the Raptors. Yeah. And I wonder, 100%. and I mentioned this on Twitter last night, like Bob Myers has been someone that has, and like, look, Bob Myers is a fucking incredible general yeah. manager. And I don't mean to like, you know, call him out and say like, oh, he did a shitty job or anything. But I mm-hmm. wonder... One thing that he stated in the past is that he thinks that, you know, it's better for them to go out and get all around players, guys who can defend, guys who can put the ball on the floor, guys who can uh, maybe shoot a little bit, just guys who are good at multiple facets of the game versus guys that are good at shooting and maybe like very little else or guys that are good at shooting and like one other thing. And I wonder right now if he's, you know, looking at the series and going, Man, we needed more shooters off the bench because I think that's what they ultimately yeah. need. Like, I think they need more shooters off the bench to be able to space the floor and actualize what Steph can do. I don't disagree with that. I mean, let's just go. They're playing Quinn Cook a lot of minutes um, because he can actually shoot. I mean, he's not doing it, but he, he right. But Quinn's can. too small. Like my ideas are like exactly. wing shooters. No, 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 hundred percent. Like they're using Quinn Cook as a wing. <laughs> That's where they're at with this. So I, you can't disagree with the assessment that they need more shooters. I will say this: um, they they like the all around. I, I, I don't I don't know if it's that simple because they like the all around ability because the all around ability feeds into sort of the idealistic viewpoint of how they play offense and defense. So on defense, if you're a guy who's, you know, just a shooter and just a three and D well, then you can't, there's not necessarily that much trust in switching because if you're a three and D guy who can switch, you're getting paid more than the Warriors can give you. And um, on the offensive end, you want everyone to be able to play make to a certain degree because the offense is just predicated on ball movement, player movement, and whoever's open, get it. Now, the Raptors are a special brand of defense that's able to sort of do something that not a lot of other teams, in fact, I don't know if there has been another team, has um, they're able to dictate what the Warriors do offensively. Usually the Warriors' offense is so powerful that they can dictate how the defense plays, and they can break it down eventually uh, through player movement, ball movement, and all that. The, Toronto is so good, and... Uh, so physical and so long that they're basically dictating where the ball goes for the Golden State Warriors. And that's See, but I think a big part of that is that they can just heavy help off of shooters, and because of that, they can dictate where Golden State goes to one side of the floor, basically. Because that's that's what their goal is. They're basically cutting off half the floor. No, you're right. right. It's a little bit of a chicken and egg there, because at the same time, Iguodala should probably be putting the ball on the floor more often, driving and getting a secondary action off of that. Uh, uh, with and, and listen, you know the Warriors have gotten away with Draymond at center 
minutes kind of blitzing the opponent off the floor even if it's more or less even for you know 40 something uh before that and they just can't go to those they just can't go to those lineups because they don't have kevin uh there as as backup and in the lead in this raptors team you just can't you can't go super small with andre guadala at the four you'll just get eaten alive on the boards because you got Kawhi and pascal yeah and we, we've spent a lot of time on the Warriors, and I think that, honestly, like, I don't mean that to, like, I don't mean this to be a negative statement it's on the, the end of a di- It's an end of a dynasty, but, but you, like, you, you got you to talk about that, and we'll have all summer to talk about the greatness of, of Toronto, because they're, yeah, like, they're not going anywhere. I honestly well, maybe, just... Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, they might be going somewhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, like, I just honestly think that the Warriors and what they're doing is just a little bit more interesting than Toronto. Oh, for sure. And, and like... Like it's hundred It's like we can talk about Toronto, and I guess we're talking about Toronto in the context of how their defense is doing a great job forcing Golden State to one side of the floor, and how Fred VanVleet has done an exceptional job of chasing Stephen Curry around. I think that Danny Green's done a pretty good job of it, not necessarily yeah. like a great job of it, but I think Fred's done a little bit better in that regard. Yeah, um, agreed. Fred's been and awesome, man. Fred's been oh, awesome. Dude. He's unbelievable. Uh, and I, I just look at what the Raptors are doing, and I go, okay, this is. Like nothing is unexpected here with what they're doing. Uh, yeah. It's just that Golden State is they're not good enough to put up with it. They're yeah, playing their they're, A game, and, and the Warriors look, are nowhere near theirs. <laughs> well, no, and I don't think here, they can get there. Here is what I will say: I think Golden State, with the lineup that they have right now, is in like the injuries that they have right now. I yeah. think they're playing pretty darn close to what their A game is. Oh, jeez, yeah, okay. That, that that maybe that's probably the better way to look at it. I, I I don't know if I disagree with that. That's that's probably right. Um, like part I'm of not it sure again, what like more Steve Kerr could do to get, you know, I don't know what you do. I, I don't. Well, know no, what you do if you're the worst. maybe, maybe I don't, they're I don't not s- playing. Maybe they're not playing their A game because their defensive rotations are a trash fire. Uh, yeah. So maybe maybe it is like a B game, but it's yeah yeah they I mean, they are just limited yeah. in what they can do. Yeah, they don't look anything like a team that can actually contend. And le- and let's let's throw it to this even. Um, the Warriors, you know, always talk about the championship medal, and, and they're happy to point out when their heart and passion and all that come through. Um, and, and it has against lesser opponents. But last night, that was the time, and uh, I saw a team wilt away under just the consistent hammering of, of a much much better team a much more talented team and a team that was executing at a much higher level and uh so that extra juice that they that claim to have it it didn't show i I don't know if they have it uh at least with the personnel that they're they're currently trotting out there and two um if they did have it 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 didn't do much good for them in fact it probably backfired on them so i'm 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 listen we will pay deference to the warriors because they've won three titles and you know four years and uh and and can go for four and five and and they've made five straight nba finals and and um they're dynastic but um i I got i got nothing i have no idea how this team adjusts because toronto's just going to keep playing their steady a game and it's like you can't tell me that toronto's not going to win one of three games against this warriors team that's scrambling for anything and frankly just seems to have gotten worse in some way, shape, or form, over the last two games, it wasn't all that good in game two either, save for a nice little stretch that I don't think that they can ever tap back into because of Clay's injury. So, I, 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 everyone wants to say, "Oh, you know, the, anything is possible." It's like, yeah, sure, any, you know, the stuff can happen. But uh, in the realm of reality here, uh, the, the Raptors are kicking the Warriors' ass, and I don't expect that to change. Yeah, they are. They're absolutely destroying everything the Warriors do, and I think that. Uh, 
you know, we should talk about them in general. I mean, just talk about their offense. Their offense has been great. They've got an incredible ball movement. They've got an mm-hmm. incredible uh, <clears throat> contributions across the board from their players. I mean, Serge Ibaka, the last two games, has Unreal. been exceptional. He's been absolutely and unbelievable. All, and, that was, and that was always going to be a matchup that was really difficult for the Warriors, but it's just it's glaring. I mean, you always thought, well, man, because Toronto doesn't have a true five, right? I mean, they do, but um, they'll play five out or they'll play kind of four and a half out uh, the entire game. And personnel-wise, the Warriors just don't have really anything to match that other than Looney. And then Looney's you know, collarbone's all messed up. And um, so you're asking Mark and Serge, to, you know, that's the big mismatch, and they're eaten against the mismatch. Uh, Mark has just taken Cousins to church in two straight games, and Serge is cleaning up against whoever has to come in, clean up the mess afterwards. It's um, it's really it's really impressive. Uh, this is, again, those are two guys that are, I don't know if Mark has played consistently, but it's two guys that have shown their A games when they needed to be shown, and uh, it just shows how much deeper and better the Raptors roster is. Yeah, and it is. It absolutely is, and I think it's credit to Masai Ujiri, who has built this roster exceptionally well, and I think that it is a credit to the Raptors for being just thoroughly and totally unflappable in every way. Like, this is... Do you know many jokes that most the majority of this roster has gone through? Like, Kyle Lowry has been hearing shit about how they wilt every time under pressure, and, you know, I think that it is the presence of Kawhi, first and foremost, that, you know, just calms all of this, because he is the guy where, you know, if for any reason they start to get down, and there were times... Throughout they did it a lot. They did game a lot one, game three, game four. Like there, there have been a lot of times where think about, they think about in the semifinals in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, there were entire games where it was like second half, just give the ball to Kawhi and get the hell out of the way. Because think about we, how we the Sixers feel right doing. now. The Sixers exactly. were a Six, like Sixers would have lost to the Bucks. Pro- maybe, probably true. But like the Sixers were a slight rim out away from. Mm-hmm beating this team that is up 3-1 in the NBA Finals right now. And, and you know, um, think about what Kawhi did before that before that shot. I mean, he, he was the first and the last in the everything there. Right, and that's what he is. He is just, in, in, I mean, like I've been saying throughout the playoffs, I think Kawhi is the best player in the NBA. Um, if you value defense, you can't argue it. And he's not even playing at like an exceptional level defensively. He's, he's, bar- he's barely playing defense by his standards. I mean, yeah, he's, like, like he's, he's been rough. good. Steph Curry's been cooking him a little bit. Right, but he is hurt. Like, he looks a little bit hurt right now. Not just a little bit. He looks super hurt. I mean, in person, it's, like, jarring how uh, how zapped his legs are. If he has to go up and do something, like, really athletic, it'll take him two, three possessions to kind of get that energy back. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he does a surgery or something after the season's over. Um, completely zapped. That said, uh, any team that might be like, oh, well, he got injured there, and like, give that man any amount of money that he wants, and you hope it works out for you, because holy crap when he's on. I mean, he's turning into the Madison Bumgarner of, uh, of, uh, <laughs> of basketball players, just the one of the all-time great postseason performers ever. Ever. What a... What a what a take to compare Madison Bumgarner to Kevin Durant, as if or uh, Kawhi Leonard, as if Kawhi yep. Leonard is not uh, like just at a, at a totally different level than Madison. I'm sorry, do we forget that Madison Bumgarner is, was just like the un 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 totally believable in some of those playoff runs for the Giants? Do we forget that Madison Bumgarner at one point dated someone named Madison Bumgarner? 
No, no, because no, <laughs> I once con- I once confirmed that story, and it was an early bit of viral fame for your boy. Um, yeah, uh, Madison. Like, listen. Uh, obviously, I'm in the Bay Area, but uh, I, I wasn't in the Bay Area when Madison Bumgarner was doing it. Madison Bumgarner is the great- greatest postseason pitcher of all time, and you can come at me for that. And, what a uh, take! I, I don't think I, I, I've written this down, um, and I read it. I wrote it down when I was at Fox. So, like come at me uh you, you think about the modern game and, and what he was able to do in some of those postseason runs just baller and uh really good player in the regular season but not like hyper elite but i don't think that you i think he'd be the first pick in a lot of drafts uh back in the day when when you were going into the playoffs and uh Kawhi leonard would have to be your first pick in the draft if you're going into the playoffs because both sides of the court man um dude's a stone cold killer I'm trying to think if there's anything else we need to talk about. I mean, Pascal was really good again last night as an advantage scorer. Um, he, he's, yeah, he, he's he's just sort of figured out the game. The Warriors are going to give it to him, and he's just going to keep taking it. And uh, I don't think the Warriors have a second kind of or third kind of smoke they can throw at him here. Um, Deontay Laura's yeah. favorite player now is Serge Ibaka. That's where we're at. Um, hard to hard to um, hard to say that he's not he's yeah. not worth it. Uh, Sorry, not he, favorite non-Australian player. I should, oh, I right. should characterize that. So. So Bogut over Surge. I don't know about Bogut. Not, <laughs> not, not real get, sure about Andrew. But <laughs> get, get, getting into some deep leanings there. Uh, yeah, but uh, Serge Ibaka is now awesome. her favorite player because she's just like, yeah, this dude's awesome. This dude I'm just hap- plays I'm super hap- hard. I'm really happy for Surge uh, that this is probably going to come to fruition here because that dude has played. Re- I mean, he's he's re- he's not like a Hall of Famer or anything, but like. Just one of the best players in the NBA. One of those guys that you always want to have on your team for so long, and he's going to get a title out of it. Like that. who, it just who is going to be? Who's going to be the first writer to write the Warrior or the uh, the Thunder made the right decision to keep Serge Ibaka over James Harden? Look who has the ring now. Oh, jeez, I don't even. That's I don't know. And if I knew, I wouldn't name them because that's that's some embarrassing nonsense. Uh, I have an idea of who it is, uh, and I will not name him. Also, yeah, we will we will text about this in a moment. But uh, it's, <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, yeah, no, I think we have the same name in our minds. Um, oh yes, it's uh, <laughs> it's. Oh, and he we, he used to work with you at a company uh, known mm-hmm. as it, it mm-hmm. rhymes with box shorts. Yes. Yes. Um, yep. 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 And yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, it's so bad. Um, I don't know. I mean, what? I feel like I feel like we should take a moment. We, we mentioned it, but uh, what Masai has done with this Raptors team? I mean, obvious. It's an eight. It's an eight man rotation. So you know, we talk about depth, but um, I mean, it's an eight man rotation depth. with in OG and Anobi like not playing right. either. No, it's true. It's true. But you, um, everybody knows their role. Everyone knows what they're doing. They're consistently doing the same stuff that they did in the regular season and in the postseason. And there's value in continuity uh, of effort and um, and, and systems. Uh, you, you mentioned all the help side stuff that they're doing. I, I don't think one they did that a lot in the regular season. I mean, some, the box and one thing that they did that in game uh, in game two that kept Steph off the board for five plus minutes. That was because they ran a lot of three-two zone. They almost ran ten percent of their their defensive plays is three-two zone, and um, it, it, box and one is just a, a minor tweak on top of that. And, and basically, the box knows their role because yeah. they, they played that zone defense. Like they've been preparing for this moment and, and practicing for this moment um, all year. And, and there's um, 
everyone wants to view things in sort of a pragmatist sense, but this is this was built up to uh, not not some fluke or flash in the pan. And um, massive credit to Masai for for building a team for making the bold choice. I mean, it was him. Or, it was Budenholzer and Nurse, and he went. I, I think the world of Mike Budenholzer, but like you can't tell me that he didn't make the right choice for this team. And uh, well, and here's here's another all the thing way to, in Kawhi, like just crazy. Well, here's another thing to talk about with Masai Ujiri. I mean, he fired Dwayne Casey last summer after Dwayne had led them to like five straight years, averaging 50 wins. Like that's not yeah. an easy call because he yeah. knew that Nick was the guy to do this. And this has been proven categorically correct. And Dwayne Casey, I think is one of the 10 best coaches in the NBA. And you just look at big, I've I've never been a big Casey guy, but that's just me. But you just look at what this team is doing now. I mean, look at all the buttons Nick nurse has pushed. I mean, not every team would just like say, Hey, we're going to totally disrespect Andre Iguodala and Draymond green from three. Oh yeah. There'd be so much deference being paid to these guys. And we've seen it in, in past series where it's just like, it's the warriors, the capital T capital. W right. There's, warriors. there's like a level of fear there almost. Yeah. Yeah. Which it, frankly had not been earned this year. And yet, um, and maybe the Bucks would have given it to him. Maybe the Sixers would have given it to him. But but Nick Nurse, I mean, there's a certain level of he's just playing with house money. You know, like he just doesn't care. He he's got to throw it all out there. And uh, and there's a certain level that maybe the, the Kawhi trade. Yes, you can see all the positive benefits of of his unflappableness and um, him leading. You know, obviously having a hyper elite player on the team uh, compared to Demar Derozan. And Demar's a good player, but he, he's no Kawhi. Like that difference is huge. But also the fact that like. As much as we, you know, the Warriors have kind of in some ways been undone by all of the uh, energy it took to compartmentalize all of KD's nonsense this year, um, the Raptors have been somewhat freed, maybe, by the fact that no one knows with Kawhi. Certainly no one's going to ever get to the bottom of it because it's Kawhi Leonard. And, like, they're just playing loose and free. And what happens, happens. And, you know, you hope it works out. And damn if it isn't going to work out. Yeah. No, that's 100% right. Um I don't know. Do you have any? Do you have anything else you want to talk about with this series? Uh, no, I, I really do love the schematics of this series, though. I, I, I found this series eminently fascinating. Um, I found it so eminently, many- eminently fascinating from the perspective of Nick Nurse has just kind of wiped the floor with Steve Kerr, and I think the part of it is that yeah. like Steve has limited options, and he's kind of just like throwing shit at the wall and sees what sticks, uh, just yeah. due to injuries and due to a lack of depth, but like. I mean, Nick Nurse has pushed all the right buttons in a substantial way, and Steve Kerr was yeah. out there throwing Alfonso McKinney on Kawhi last night. Yeah, I mean, Steve Steve is um, <laughs> Steve reminds me a lot of editors at newspapers. <laughs> Just like uh, maybe this will work. Hopefully, this happens. Like, there's a there's a lot of uh, he's the captain of a sinking ship, and uh, yeah, I mean, he's just trying to buy minutes, right? Yeah, it seems he is. like they, they just keep trying to mention that all oh yeah well maybe we can buy some minutes at the beginning of the second quarter maybe we can buy some minutes with Alfonso McKinney on Kawhi like the Raptors are sitting Lowry and Kawhi at the beginning of the second quarter which is not normal because Nick Nurse is looking at the at the Warriors and going well they can't outscore us by I don't know six seven four points uh, yeah like the, like that lineup can't do anything so um it's really it's really uh yeah Nurse Nurse has just been absolutely incredible and um, I don't know. Again, I don't know if he's doing anything overly complicated, but he has he's acting with such conviction and, and such clarity uh, that you can't help but be impressed. 
yeah, and the rotations are all sound, and I think part of it again Super. is that this team is for the most part healthy. Um, yeah. you know, they didn't. I have... mean, listen, yeah, you got you got you got Fred VanVleet with his thumb, you got Kyle with his hand, uh, Kawhi right. is still there, but they're they're gutting it out, and, and they are certainly healthier than the Warriors. Everyone's going to be injured come the NBA Finals, but um, right, the the Raptors know who they are, and they're able to do what it is they do. Whereas the Warriors, uh, I think, have lost that identity that they had. Um, they thought that they could summon it, and it's just not there because they they hadn't practiced to get to this point they, they thought that um that prior experience would lead to future results and it, it just doesn't work that way and this is how all this is how the lakers died this is how the 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 uh, the heatles died like this is um it's it's also predictable when you look back on it the last thing we're going to finish on is poop gate <laughs> did paul pierce I, poop his pants 100 percent in the nba finals in what was it 2008 I don't. I don't even know what year it was. Uh, I, I just know it is. Listen, the the, the wheelchair game. Um, I have been, I have been exclusively using because I we all know how much I love to curse. Uh, I've been exclusively using Paul Pierce their pants for the last couple of days, and it feels real good. So I'm going to stick with it um, because uh, soon everyone will know that, that Paul Pierce pooped his pants in the NBA Finals and had to be taken off via wheelchair. Like we will get this through to every single person. Can we? Can we just talk but, about like on some level? He, he is so unself-aware; it's shocking. Uh, oh, like, well, there's I, that too. But like, I, I don't I really care about it. that. <laughs> I, I want to talk about our man fell to the ground, said yeah. that he had to go to the bathroom, got Brian Scalabrini to Brian carry Scalabrini. him onto yeah. a wheelchair, got a staffer to yeah. drag his ass direct to a porcelain throne, and to, then he or, like had to cry the entire way to make it look plausible. Right, like. This was and, and like this was an unbelievable show of authority within the organization first and foremost. But yeah. second, let's say that this is real and he pooped his pants and that's why he got in the wheelchair. Which this is alleged based on his own comments. He then mm-hmm. came out and said afterward that uh, the only shitting he did was on the Lakers in Game One. Mm-hmm. But let's Listen, say this, this urban this urban legend has existed for like seven years. Right. Yeah. Like, we this is this is something we talk about at bars, uh, so and I like, guess now it's in the forefront. <laughs> if it is true, let's also think of just the incredible thinking on one's feet that Paul had to do to listen. Be like, okay, I'm going to get on though. the floor. I'm going to get on the floor. I'm going to hold my knee. I'm going to start like maybe looking like I'm crying a little bit, yeah. and then I'm going to make. Brian Scalabrini pick me up. I'm going to make Tony Allen pick me up. I'm going to make them put me in a wheelchair. Like, think of all of the steps that had to be going through his brain to be able to make this work. It's exceptional to me. Paul Pierce might be an Oscar-winning actor, and we didn't know it at the time. Like, Paul Pierce may have been able to be more famous uh, starring in some movie by Danny Boyle versus (laughs) actually being an nba player i am in awe of paul pierce right now i have always found that uh gastrointestinal distress is is the truest moment of crisis in any human's life and uh some people rise to the occasion and the truth rose to the occasion uh he figured out that or fell from the occasion depending on what you think (laughs) He, he came up with uh just an absolutely brilliant plan and um I think we can get to the bottom of this if someone asks Paul Pierce, and maybe it has to be me, 
um, what he thinks of uh, teams wearing white jerseys at home. Because if he's like, I am absolutely against it, you'll know exactly what happened there. I feel like the only way this is ever going to happen is if he went on, like, pardon my take or something. There's no way. He, again, he's so unself-aware. Yeah. And he, he thinks... I mean, listen, Draymond Green gave him the greatest piece of trash talk I have ever heard, which is, they don't love you like that, you ain't Kobe. And it broke Paul Pierce in real time. <laughs> and um, you, you want that farewell tour? They don't love you like that, you're not Kobe. And it was just like, Paul Pierce legitimately thinks that he's one of the greatest players of all time. And, like, yes, he's a Hall of Famer, but, like, so will Amari Stoudemire. Um, like, there's, there is a level of disconnect between uh, Paul Pierce's actual level, which was quite excellent, and, uh, and where he views him in his mind. And I guess that exists for a lot of players, but uh, the lack of self-awareness is incredible. He'll never admit it. He'll, he'll never. I, I can't believe that that he uh, that he even hinted at it uh, on television the other night. I, I was running around in circles when I heard it. It was just I was so giddy and happy because it validated it validated the legend to me. And even if it, it didn't happen, I'm just going to believe it happened from here on out. I'm going to will this thing into existence. So I, I was waiting uh, at the bar whenever it first came out for. Uh, I was waiting for Mark Titus, and yeah. Titus drives by the bar. I'm sure Titus had to. one hell of a take. And Titus like stops and says, "Hey, I'm just going to go park my car." I debated in that moment, shouting on Melrose Avenue, "Paul Pierce shit his pants in Game One of the 2008 Finals!" Like that's how excited I was. I just wanted to share that moment with everyone around me uh, in maybe the bar. We get, maybe we should get a billboard. <laughs> Paul would be so fucking I've, pissed. I've, I've thought of worse things to do with my money. I'm willing to do this. Yeah, you bought I'm a ready. house. This, that was a way worse decision. Totally <laughs> terrible. I'm willing to use my house as a billboard. Um, <laughs> oh man, uh, we should make up. We should make up bumper stickers or something. I don't know. Do you have any anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Toronto's lovely, and you should visit it in the summer if you get the chance. That's, I would that's love a, to. That, that'd that's be a hot great. Take. I, think I mean, I've got like that, yeah, like I've I've seen a bunch of movies recently, which is great. What, like, what'd you check? I haven't talked about John Wick 3 yet. John Wick 3 is Oh, man, exceptional. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I've been a okay. little busy. Go see it. It's, it's okay. great. Um, okay. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Always Be My Maybe was... There, there are two scenes. I've watched about half of that. Yep. Did you get to the point... Uh, so Spoilers on I'm Always at, Be I'm My at Maybe. The, uh, I'm at the famous Hollywood actor scene. Yes. I think that those two scenes are the funniest thing I've seen in a movie this year. It's hard to argue that. Like, it was really funny. Unbelievably funny. Uh, it was really good. Godzilla King of Monsters was not very good. Um, Stunner. Yeah. Was it at least entertaining? Somewhat, yeah. And like Kyle okay. Chandler was like in full Coach Taylor mode. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's and like Dad speed. Taylor mode. That's, the kind, that's kind of the energy that I'm looking for in my life. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it was great. It was awesome. Okay. It was perfect. Okay. Um, okay. But... Yeah, I saw some other stuff like Greta and Isn't It Romantic and Five yeah. Feet Apart and like other stuff that came out earlier this year. But you know, okay, okay. None, of, none of them worth noting on. No, not really. I don't think John Wick is the number one. I would say. Oh, The Perfect yeah. Date on Netflix was good. I will. Oh, okay. I will go to I'll, bat for that. I'll watch that one. Um, I've been. I watched. Uh, you know, on planes, you have to. It's whatever you can download. So with Netflix, I, I, I got this. Uh, what is it? Norwegian show called Occupied, which. Okay. I wasn't I wasn't totally in on, but um, I ended up just dominating the first two seasons on these air. Like I just kept watching it, and it got a yeah. little melodramatic and stuff. But like, 
I think I recommend Occupied. I'm not totally sure. I don't want people necessarily associating with me, but if they were to find it on their own, I, I think that they would like it. Okay. Um, have you watched Good Omens on Amazon Prime yet? No, should I? Uh, if you're into, like, angels and demons yeah. and, like, yeah. the devil and stuff like that, uh, yeah. it is so good. It is so funny. It is okay. like okay. a... It's Michael Sheen and David Tennant playing like, uh, yeah. a demon and, a, and an angel. Okay, that's worth a couple episodes. Yeah, it's it's really funny. And John Hamm playing like an over-the-top hammy like angel. Oh, again, I'm very much into John Hamm's energies too, so that, that sounds yeah. pretty good. I also love Michael Sheen. Like he's uh, The Damned United. It's one of my favorite movies. And he it's was all totally great. awesome in it. So, yeah, um, like it's... Cool, it's, and David Tennant. He's Scottish, so um, big ups. Yeah. Uh, Dieter, tell the people where they can find your musings on the Golden State Warriors <laughs> dynasty potentially coming to an end. Uh, potentially, I, I think imminently. Uh, at D Kurtenbach on Twitter, and uh, if, if you're if you're interested in uh, the hot football takes that are coming up after this season is over, uh, you can uh, subscribe to the San Jose Mercury News. Uh, we actually do have good deals, and it is very cheap, and uh, I'd appreciate it. Uh, I guess I should be making that plug more often, but here we are. Go to The Athletic. Subscribe. I just uh, released a mock draft that I think was, I don't know, topped out at maybe like 11,000 words, something like that. Oh, yeah. It was it was a honker. Like, I'm barely, to, I'm barely through like a third of it. Super intel filled with like things I'm hearing around the league and all that stuff. So go, uh, go read that. Uh, I think that's about all I got. Like, I'm not going crazy right now. It's it's like a. You know, a time where I'm trying to plan a wedding in addition to doing draft coverage. So that's my life. I wouldn't know anything about that, Sam. <laughs> Try doing it on a different continent, you son of a bitch. Oh, God. Please rate, review, and subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, and please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week at some point to continue uh, breaking down prospects and talking about the finals. But until next time, we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.